0: Welcome to Style DNA, the podcast I created to uncover the lives behind the looks of your favourite well known faces and help unveil their style DNA. As a designer, I've always been inspired by the premise that wearing the right pieces should make you feel the best version of yourself, gorgeous and confident, and that these pieces should be designed and crafted for longevity. I'm delighted to share that this episode is supported by Karen Millen, a brand that has a 42-year legacy in the world of fashion. Their commitment to affordable luxury and making investment pieces accessible has truly stood the test of time. Whether you're searching for a timeless winter coat that will serve you for years to come or an elegant evening dress, you'll find both classic and modern designs that are perfect for refreshing your wardrobe for the season ahead. Online at KarenMillen.com Head over to my Instagram for a link to a special treat for listeners. Today, I'm going on a sartorial journey with iconic hairstylist Sam McKnight, who is renowned for creating the hair looks that every woman wants. From his signature cool girl, effortlessly undone textured hair, to his fashionably timeless, elevated looks that reflect his rebellious spirit, to his handmade couture wigs to red carpet sophistication. As Kate Moss says, Sam has the magic touch. Sam's unparalleled portfolio of work reads like a who's who of high fashion and A-list celebrity, from Princess Diana to the supermodels Linda Evangelista, Christy Turlington, Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell. Sam has presided over iconic fashion moments of the past four decades and continues to be responsible for culture-defining hair looks that make him one of the most in-demand artists. To date, Sam's work has included over 200 Vogue covers. Campaigns for Chanel, Tom Ford, Fendi, Louis Vuitton, Dior and Armani. Editorial shoots in collaboration with great image makers such as Nick Knight, Irving Penn, Tim Walker and Sol Sundsbo. Season after season, he influences the evolution of hair at runway shows for Chanel, Vivian Westwood, Moschino, Dries Van Noten, Fendi, Richard Quinn and Balmain. In collaborations with artists such as Charlotte Tilbury, Val Garland, Mary Greenwell, Pat McGrath and Peter Phillips. In 2017, Sam launched a product range, Hair, by Sam McKnight. And in 2023, he was awarded an MBE for services to the fashion and beauty industries. Wow. Hello and welcome, Sam. Oh, that was a bit
1: of a mouthful, wasn't it? it it's <laughs> quite a mouthful, but
0: a, what an amazing catalogue of work! I mean, absolutely incredible. I feel quite humbled to be sitting there here in your presence, um, and I know you're a man that keeps himself really super busy. But what are what are the projects that you're most excited about at the moment?
1: At the moment, I mean, we just we just kind of did a major relaunch last year. And we added care to our collection, so we've spent the last year really sort of honing our um, production company and um, our our product company rather. And um, that's pretty much a full time job. That's pretty that keeps us so busy because it's never ending. The the demand for content is is like a giant, you know, great white shark, isn't it? Just eats up content. So we we have an amazing studio that we moved into a couple of years ago which is a photo studio and um so we're set up there all the time so we can do we can just go in and we can react to something react to some news or something straight away when i can go in and film myself or we can get a model in at the last minute or, or one of the team because I, I think um <laughs> it's all about the content isn't it so as well as doing the fashion shows the photo shoots the red carpets we've now added our own content library to um, to our weekly chores <laughs>
0: it is relentless isn't it but I do I do love the way that you're teaching people she says look at my hair today <laughs> yeah, it looks great. How, to, how to do the hair and and I think that's just brilliant.
1: Well, the whole idea of when we started uh, the product company was I wanted to kind of demystify the hair world and take the sort of take the negative conversation away and make it more positive because people would say in my chair, "Oh, my hair is the worst thing," because they've been told that their hair is really bad, and most people's hair isn't really bad. It's just you haven't been doing it. Properly, you. I have a thing in my head where people are a. They're given a negative um, um, conversation about their hair, and not focusing on the positive. And they're given so so so. It's kind of feeding on people's insecurities. Whereas I'm all about the opposite of making the absolute best of what you have. That's all we've got, really. So you might as well make the best of it. It's not about feeling bad about what you don't have. It's about feeling good about what you do have and how to make the best of what you have and how not to be kind of threatened by the perfection you see online. Because there's all this idea of you must be this perfect, but that's not the case for most people. Because then also all that perfection is probably filtered or fake somehow. And I think I want to make my products about products that actually work very easily very simply and very quickly so we're trying to take the sort of um the drama and the negativity out of the conversation
0: so which would be your hero product in the range our
1: hero product is our cool girl texture spray we've called it barely There texture Mist because it's super light it's super effective it's instant it's a great volumizer. It's a great texturizer. It does lots of different things. But I and I, it's that kind of thing where, if you have sort of fine hair, you just washed it. You can't do a thing with it. A few spritzes of that will give it a bit of oomph. And I think that's all some people need. Sometimes they don't want a big do or they don't want to spend an hour on it. Literally thirty seconds will do it. So that that's our that's our leader.
0: So. I could just, in the evening before going out... You
1: could, absolutely, yeah. Squirt this in. Yeah, I mean, you blow dry... I have the full Sam or, McKnight Absolutely, look. just do upside down, a few spritzes, and then you kind of keep sort of... I mean, I'm doing it on my own hair, obviously. Um, <laughs> you kind of just keep reactivating with your hands. Go you know, go to the loo, put your head upside so down, shake your hands a little, oh, out you come.
0: God, I love the go. sound of that. Yeah. Now, I also read about um, these... Wipes for our fringes or for a, the front of our hair.
1: We call them cleanse cloths. We stay away from the word wipes because it has all these negative connotations. Okay. Retake cleanse cloths. No, no, it's fine. Uh, but they are wipes. But we, but they're, they're, they are completely biodegradable. Yep. Um, we had been; they'd been on the cards for a while, but we couldn't really do them because of the microplastic thing, and I wasn't really comfortable with that.
0: Just on hair. Before we go on to you and your style, I, I know so many women who have complained about losing hair as a result mm. of, of COVID. Do you think there are any really good anti-hair loss products out there?
1: I would say everyone's different. And I would say, yes, there are. But I would also say you need to go and see a doctor. I would say go and see a trichologist Go and see a specialist or or ask your own doctor because quite often hair loss is well it's often menopausal. So there's mm. often um ways to treat that. Yeah. But it can often be diet, it can often be a vitamin um deficiency. So it could be shock. It could be so many different things. And it, there's not one yeah. um cure fits all. It it's not like it's, it's very it's very individual. I mean, I I was I went to have some uh, medical tests a year ago and the receptionist um, had lost all her hair after COVID, you know. But it was coming, I could reassure her because I could, she couldn't see, but I could see there was sort of an inch where it was coming back. But the ends of her hair were almost non-existent and and she, she, that, Made her suffer from shock even more. Yeah. So it it can be a vicious cycle, but it was coming back in. So I I could I could say to her that looks like it's from COVID, and it is coming back in. So every everyone is different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're so at the forefront of fashion. Uh, what would you consider? What do you think is going to be the me- next major hair trend?
1: We've reached a point, I think, where it's almost unfashionable to follow trends. You know, it's about individuality and that's come across in the fashion world in the last, what, 10 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From fashion shows where before you'd have 100 girls all with the same hairstyle. Yeah. That has started to move into a much more healthy, diverse um, place I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because sometimes it's theatre, and if, the, if if the costume demands that everyone has it, it's quite it's quite a beautiful thing. Yeah. But it was the norm before. Mm. Whereas I think now, it's much more the norm to have many many different types of women uh, represented or men, and I think that goes for hair and makeup too because some people look great with a lot of makeup some people don't and I think we're in a very very good place now where people are being encouraged to embrace their own individual looks does that make sense yes yep absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not trying to avoid because I, I just don't think I, of course there's a little micro trends of things here and there, and there always will be but I think slavishly following fashion trends is terribly unfashionable there. You can quote me on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally, totally agree with you.
1: Especially in in hair and beauty, because I think hair and makeup is so specific to the person and the person's needs.
0: Yeah. I mean, on that point, you famously created Princess Diana's iconic wet look hair for the Mm. CFDA Awards in New York, which I just thought was absolutely sensational at the time and um you know the look was more the hair look was more talked about than the dress which again was pretty unusual how did how did that moment feel
1: uh, well i i you mean know, i had slicked her hair back on various photo shoots with patrick de Martellier, um you know over the a few years ago. but but she was always a little she was very aware of the you know the her public she was very aware that the public wanted to see princess diana and and she knew the 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 furore a change in a hairstyle would cause so she was very she was very careful about how and when she kind of did those and um yeah that was well that was one of her it was new york so i i kind of you know what we've got to we have got to kind of um, really sort of sharpen it up for New York. We have got to keep, keep changing. I'm a great um, believer in change, and um, uh, come on, we can we can do this, and, and we did it. Yeah, and it was it was good. I mean, we, we, there are some pictures where she had her hair slicked back over the years, but that was the first time yeah. really in public. You know,
0: yeah. I mean, you worked as her personal stylist for seven years. Did she ever ask her your opinion on on the clothes. Oh god, on her yeah.
1: Clothes. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I met her in 1990, so 80s were kind of behind. And thank God. Yeah. Well, but actually, when you look at all the 80s stuff now, it kind of you know everything yeah. in retrospect yeah. looks yep, great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, youth all that kind of stuff. Um, but th- we were in 1990. we were August 1990 or July 1990, and I was just after we just after i had met i had met her on a shoot for vogue it was it ended up being a really sort of iconic image of a i can't remember the designer as a trapless white silk gown and patrick sat her on the floor and it was very informal and um we put a TR on and i made her hair look short yeah uh, but I, I didn't cut it. I made it a little short and the pictures are so great of big smile. I've got one at the fridge magnet now, which, which, uh, which I treasure. Um, and uh, so at the end of the shoot, she asked me what I would do with the hair. And I said, you know what? It's 1990, maybe move into the nineties. Cause it was, it had become the era. Cause don't, don't forget. I was, I'd been working for Vogue for 15 years, 13 years by then. So, you know, I was in the whole swing of the thing, and I think I think we got to, you know, sharpen it up. We went to Paris just after that because I'd cut... Go back. We shot the white dress, and then she said, "What would you do with my hair if I just said do anything?" This was at the end of the shoot after we were finished, and we she was so great. We had, we had such a good day. She was so funny and lovely. And she was warm fantastic and, to oh, work she with. Was just wasn't she was great. She was she We laughed a lot. Yeah. She had a, a great irreverent naughty sense of humor definitely anyway so um and those laughs in patrick's pictures are really genuine you know because she didn't have a clue what he was saying because you couldn't understand (laughs) his accent so i had to translate and we were just (laughs) peeing ourselves laughing not literally um so i said i just cut it all off and start again so we cut cut it all off short hair off i went to paris um and the world kind of went insane for this new shirt haircut. I, I mean it took me by surprise because I wasn't particularly a royalist I wasn't't a big fan I did you know not that I wasn't a fan, but I just wasn't aware and um, so anyway that uh, then I got a call to say would I would I come and do it again and would I prepare to maybe do a few trips and so I managed to balance that with my with my other high fashion life for seven years and that was that. My God, that was when I think back I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I managed to travel and get back it's and called da, 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 da. Youth, Sam. it's called youth It's called youth. I wasn't that young actually. I was in my th- I was in my thirties. <laughs> it is called youth. You're absolutely anyway. So off we went to Paris. We did, we shot the couture with Patrick and Christy Sterling was wearing this really beautiful blue um beaded Versace. Gown and Christy said, My God, the princess would look amazing in that. So I took the Polaroid to her. And, and long story short, Anna Harvey and myself got her hooked up with Donatella. And they went on, and actually, johnny at the time, and they went on, he went on to make her the most fantastic, you know, block color acids, sharp, like pin sharp suits with this new short sort of, I mean, you know, the power shoulders. Um, I mean business um, phase, which was which kind of, you know, it, it was a big step from. I I didn't know at the time the changes she was going through personally. You know, you kind of, that but I guess um, um, it brought her into a new independent era. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I mean, they always say that um, if you have major changes in your life as a woman, you sometimes. Change your hair, yeah. with it, yeah. and it—it it strikes me that maybe I wonder if the hair came first and then the style evolved. After I think that. it's
1: probably all part of a general. I mean, she was she had become thirty. She was probably growing up, yeah. you know. You know, I know I wish we forget I was growing what a, up at what thirty a
0: kid huh? she was when she yeah absolutely. walked down the aisle.
1: Absolutely, I mean, in life, life for all of us is about. I mean, the only constant in life is change, right? And, and that, and I'm a great believer and embracer of that about not staying, not staying still, and not staying the same. I mean, we can't, even if we try to, we can't. Not a it's chance. Get you, but isn't it? It's I am get you. actually
0: a big believer in chapters, and yeah. how, and that—that's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah. That, and, but it's gifted.
1: nice when the chapters sort of evolve rather. What's not so nice is when you're abruptly forced into something and, and you know, when the, when they evolve, it's quite, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Beautiful, yes, and can be quite shocking, I, I can say personally. But today we're going on a, on a personal style journey about you. Um, so let's start with how did you decide what you were wearing here today?
1: I was short-sleeved shirts and shorts up until last week. Um, I went to Sicily to a beautiful wedding at the weekend. which The weather was fantastic. And I came back and I thought, now it's time to get my long trousers and a jumper on, you know, because the weather has been incredible. It's been amazing. Well, maybe not the middle of the summer, but the last couple of months has been amazing. So I have moved into sweater weather. Sweater weather. I can't say that. So who's your sweater? My sweater is probably 20 years old from Etro. Um, And I used to do their shows... um, and um, I think we used to get a discount, so I would go and buy some stuff. And I have a couple of these, which, I i mean, 20 years is not but bad. Gorgeous. is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
0: Absolutely gorgeous. You grew up in
1: Scotland. I did.
0: Were you exposed to fashion at a young age? Did you have a dapper dad?
1: No, no, no. I, I think, I mean, I'm from a very working class. I'm from a a, a council estate in the, in the middle of the Scottish, beautiful Scottish lowland hills. Um which was surrounded by mining communities my dad worked in a coal mine and my mum worked in the co-op um till she retired and um i mean we were really poor but we didn't really know we're poor because everyone else was so it was kind of normal for us and you know we didn't really have much we were okay we were all right we we um we did not too bad but i think i was born in 1955 so i'm the original television generation Mm. so I have vivid memories we didn't have a TV but my granny had one and it was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Top of the Pops and Jukebox Jewelry and all that stuff so I we were fed by the media fashion and st- 60s mm. it was the 60s mm. it was the, the sort of birth the, the rebirth of this country after the war yeah. really so we were fed this sort of amazing diet on TV of fashion and style i mean just constantly mm. i mean uk was the most the most fashion forward stylish yeah. place to be in the 60s yeah. i mean when you when you think back there were shops in london like biba and yeah. chelsea girls in the 60s i mean it, it, it the high street fashion um, was um, in full swing
0: when did you first come to london and discover fashion
1: i came on holiday in the early 70s but i had got really switched on to i mean top of the pops was our sort of you know just the 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 the, the holy grail wasn't it yeah and seeing david bowie and mark Boland and people like that on top of the box switch on top of the pops switched on a light and we would go to i'm just 50 miles from glasgow we would make um Day trips to Glasgow to go to the boutiques and buy things, and we platform shoes like that size. So we were. I mean, I think UK is still like that. There are so many fashion tribes, and yeah. it's 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 kids, teenagers. It's probably like that all over the world now. Are very into their look, yeah. you know.
0: And Glasgow was, is an
1: incredibly it still is. Yeah, fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, city, Scottish isn't people it? really are into fashion and beauty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But when would you say, do you do you remember a specific moment, a specific outfit that you put on that you went, God, I feel good in this?
1: God, I I remember in um, early 70s wearing and I bought uh, an Oxford bags and a jacket with huge lapels and platform shoes. I'm talking that size. (laughs) And just thought I was it, you know. And I was learning to drive and I had to take a pair of slippers <laughs> to the driving lessons. I was probably, I was 17, uh, yeah. And, yeah. Where, and I thought I looked fucking cool. I just looked great, you know, I thought. And that, I probably that, did, I was young and thin, you know.
0: That was your sort of light bulb fashion moment, would you say? When you started to think, God, this is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I, I realised it could make you feel good, you No. Know? Yeah. good clothes can make you feel good. I, was a, I, I, I appreciate I I appreciate more and more as I got older. Um, good quality clothes too and clothes that last and uh, 20 years, you know.
0: You are obviously surrounded by fashion and glamour and style every day. Would does this inspire your personal style?
1: I mean, I don't go th- go through a rail at to shoot and pick things out and think oh I'm gonna buy this and I'm gonna like because that uh, I, I don't think I, oh, I I I'm not I'm not so much inspired by fashion as inspired by style if if that makes sense you know I, I I I really admire people who have who can really throw something together and make it look really good on them you know so I'm I Fashion is—it's almost. Fashion has become. Fashion and style have become sort of. It's a bit of a fork in the road, whereas it used to go together. Mm. I think. I, I think. Fashion, in a way, has become um, Instagram friendly, whereas yep. style is is perennial. You know, style is it's a lasts forever, and, and maybe it's an age thing. But I'm drawn to to timeless style rather than seasonal fashion, yeah. if that makes sense. But I feel in the zeitgeist that the world is coming to that too, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. Do you have a style icon?
1: I, I'm not, not sure I have a single icon, but but when you see incredibly stylish images from the 70s, um, or, you know, Mick Jagger and, and Mick and Bianca Jagger, for instance, mm. I mean, that. That just goes on forever, you know, and I think that is really in quite incredible how, yeah. how those have stood the test of time, you know.
0: Those images have been on countless yeah. mood boards, yeah. haven't yeah. they?
1: Absolutely, and and then and and then there's Kate Moss, which brings me to Kate. So still, when we go to do a, a shoot or a show. Uh, there will be pictures of Kate on almost oh. every. There'll be Mick Jagger and Bianca Jagger. There'll be a Twiggy, and there'll be Kate. You know, yeah. It, that's the kind of level Kate's influence has reached.
0: I mean, you have an incredibly close relationship with Kate, and you, yeah,
1: we've known each other a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, and you know, she's often quoted as saying, "You've got the magic touch," and you and you as creating her lovely effortless. Well, I'm not sure
1: I created it, but I can't, I I, I mean, it is her. It is, it, it is. you know, she she is that kind of epitome of style. You know, yeah. she really is. She's got incredible style. And she's, she's mostly vintage, to be honest. Yeah. My friend uh, used to be the PR at Bieber back in the day in the 70s and one of her oldest friends, who was a Bieber girl too, passed away recently, and there were some clothes which um, were in perfect condition, and they fitted Kate perfectly, and she looks absolutely amazing in them. So I think she kind of probably is, um, yeah, she's got to be one of my top style icons, really, you know. Yeah.
0: You've been quoted as saying... Hair is an important tool for expressing ourselves and how we feel. Mm. How do you feel about your hair, your facial hair? Tell me about that.
1: Uh, Well, I don't have any hair, but I never had a complex. But you do, but you shave it. Yeah, but I don't have have any on top. Um, I I never had a complex about losing my hair. I had the best hair. My hair was down to here. I know I had feather cuts, perms, pink hair, blue. I had the whole thing. I had and the longest hair in school when I was a teenager. Um, I had a really good head of dark Celtic dark hair, poker straight, <laughs> and um, and I loved it. And but I lost it gradually. I didn't lose it. I mean, I feel for people who suddenly lose their hair in their early twenties, but mine didn't really go to my late thirties. And I remember, the, I remember um, when I knew was really going, I bleached it for a year. Uh, I thought, I'm going to enjoy this, you know, and and I loved that. It was Last great. hurrah. Oh, it was just great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All of those other styles that you were talking about, you know, the the pink, yeah. the perm, yeah. did you do any of that yourself? Or yeah, yourself?
1: I used to, well, because, I mean, I, it was before I was a hairdresser, so, and, and you couldn't really buy crazy colours, so what we used to use is we used to, bleach it because my friend was a hairdresser so she'd bleach it and we used we'd buy a set of felt tip pens and squeeze them out and no and put them. yeah but if you got caught in the rain which it did a lot in scotland it ran down your collar you know but we loved it we thought we looked great you know yellow collars and all blue collars and all oh, I
0: love, <laughs> love the idea of that um you work on shows of some of the best brands and designers in the world do you think you ever adapt your style to the designer you're working with?
1: No. No, I wear what I feel feel like wearing that day, you know. To be honest, yeah, no, I I
0: How about when you were attending the Royal Tresses? Did you feel the need to be a little bit more formal?
1: Uh it would depend if it was just if it was just at Kensington Palace in the morning and it was a hot July day, I'd wear a pair of shorts, you know. But if I, I at the beginning I wore a tie and then I can't you know then I kind of quickly that. I saw some that. pictures of yeah, you yeah, but wearing I think if, I, if, I, if we were a, if we were a function or if we there were going to be dignitaries around, we would be respectful. I was a big Levi 501s wearer back in the day, and I'd usually have a pair of jeans on or a pair of chinos and I would wear I had a nice I still have a nice collection of Hermes ties. And you know, I, but I like to wear a tie. And you know, I, I mean, I do occasionally like wearing a tie. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I, I think. I'm a respectful dresser, if that makes sense.
0: Talking Hermes. Yeah. I know you're a keen gardener. I have yeah. this vision of you in an Hermes leather apron in oh, your no, garden. No, no,
1: no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I. Uh... What's the gardening kit? What's the gardening kit? God, I'm probably saying the wrong word. A gilet. And I've got a sort of tool belt. And, yeah, I'm quite I'm quite often out there in the summer in my boxer shorts and...
0: And the tool bare, belt.
1: Bare feet, yeah. I mean, I love bare feet. I love not having shoes on. The, the
0: old earth uh, thing.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. It
0: is amazing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. In 2023, you were awarded an MBE um congratulations
1: thank you very much
0: what did you wear to the palace
1: i wore a dries van noten suit um which i bought in a sale i mean most of my stuff i would i i i'm not a fan of paying full price for anything i'll, I'll, I'll buy stuff on sale i love um de garcon and and uh but I always wait for the sale, you know. Yep. Anyway, so I wore a Dries Van Nouten suit and um, I think a comedy girl's on tie.
0: Well, congratulations. Um, I always think that um, as human beings and particularly in the fashion world, um, we're all a little guilty of sizing people up um, when we first meet them, especially by what they're wearing. Um, is this something you're conscious of? Do you look at someone's whole look or do you find yourself looking at someone's hair
1: i don't look at the hair usually i think i probably over the years developed an automatic switch off where people are think that i would be looking at the hair and i don't want them to think that so i I generally don't unless it's to do because when I'm not in work mode, I'm not really looking. I'm not looking. Yeah. But if I'm in work mode, or you're sitting in front of me. The, or unless your hair is really bad, <laughs> then I may offer some advice, you know. But I don't want to really be presumptuous like that. But I think we're definitely. I mean, I, I definitely. It's all about images. Yeah. That that's first impression is lasting impression, as they say. And I think, um, yeah, I tend to have a look at the shoes yeah I tend to have a look at the shoes scuffed dirty shoes
0: so is it more about the cleanliness of the shoe or is it the statement of the shoe D-
1: it depends but I think a scuffed dirty like horrible uncared for shoe I think can probably tell a lot about a person mm. And yes. there's a difference between scuffed, dirty, uncared for than scuffed, dirty, deliberate. Golden you know, goose. The, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> How would you describe your style in three words?
1: Oh, probably eclectic. Um, eclectic, um, bold, timeless.
0: I always think that men get more distinguished as they get older and suit their lines. Would you... I'm not saying you've got lines, Sam, but would you ever consider any form of age prevention,
1: botox or...? Oh, I do a bit of botox now and again. I mean, I used to do it here um, because it tightened here, but now it's kind of too far gone. But uh, (laughs) men have the luxury of beards, so it's fine. But you know what, I, I some of my friends were trying to get me to have a hair transplant and i'm like you know what no i mean that would just be ridiculous to me to turn up like this but i would consider i would consider a sort of half facelift the wrinkles i don't mind it's it's this it's the jaw it's the jowl the, the 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 under and there's nothing really you can do about that but i think um yeah, but a bit of Botox is fine, you know. I don't mind a wrinkle. or... I mean, do you know what? I have good skin. I mean, I'm not bad. I'm, I'm, you know, well into my sixty ninth year, so I'm okay. I'm all right, but I'm I'm too much of a coward to do a facelift. Yeah, you know, I just think, oh god.
0: You look like you look after your skin really well.
1: I have good skin. I, I, you know, I I, I have psoriasis, um, so. I have it in my fingernails, I have a little spot behind me. But since I had COVID it disappeared. But but my actually skin my skin is I'm lucky I have quite good skin.
0: With you obviously are working with the hair so much, are you very conscious of how your hands look?
1: I am, but I have little short, stubby, sausage fingers with a bit of arthritis <laughs> and psoriasis of my fingernails. And I you know, I had to get over myself about that, you know. Do
0: you ever have a manicure?
1: I did. You know what? I had a manic. I have a manicure at work sometimes, and I had one a couple of weeks ago. And because what what people think I bite my nails, but I don't. My nails flake off because of the psoriasis, mm. so I clip them down. Mm. You know, because otherwise it's not nice doing people's hairy nails yeah. flaking off. So I clip them down. And this lady gave me a manicure, and I noticed that my nails were the best they've been for many, many, many years. Because, uh, you know, they, I, I, so I didn't clip them down so much. And actually they were okay and they didn't flake off. So I think they might be, I don't know, they'll get better. But, yeah, um, I do have manicure sometimes.
0: Spinning back to your wardrobe, how much do you plan your looks? I'm always fascinated by how much men think about their clothes. In terms of, because I, I think women think
1: about their clothes a lot.
0: Do men think about their clothes as much?
1: I don't think, I don't plan anything really. Unless I've got a big event coming up, I need to see if my my tuxedo fits me, which it actually doesn't, so I need to get a new one. Um, but I tell you what I find difficult at the moment. I have a lot of clothes. I had... Uh, I had even more clothes. I had nine wardrobe boxes that followed me around everywhere I've ever lived. And the last move, I thought, no, we can't do this. And they were full of um, Gautier, Com, and a lot of Vivian Westwood because I've worked with Vivian for Mm. many, many years. And I had a lot of pieces made in three-piece suits from the women's fabrics in the 90s. I still had all of those. And they were beautiful beautiful pieces they were incredible and i sold them all at auction a few years ago at carrie taylor's and gave half the money to um to vivian's charity and half the money to beauty banks which a charity set up by a friend of mine and um that felt really good. It felt really, really good that because they were all in these boxes and it was it was time for somebody to for have them. them. Yeah. Out of
0: interest, did you sell them as yours?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What? How brilliant!
1: I did, and and I have I still have too many clothes, and I, I this is one of my tasks for the winter when the when the, the you know in the dark rainy days I'm gonna go through the wardrobes and get rid of a load of stuff that I don't wear and give them away yeah. uh, you know stuff that doesn't fit I don't wear it I've, I haven't worn it for five years you know within you know, there will be some things I keep but I need a, I need a big old clean out
0: quite cathartic yeah it is isn't it um you travel a lot do you have a particular look that you reach for again and again to travel in
1: Um, Uniqlo sweatpants or Lululemon shorts, depending on the, the, um, season. And I'll have a, I think we've got Crew sort of safari jacket thing and I'll have, and a Fred Perry that, and, and sometimes a sweatshirt in my bag. Easy, easy, easy travel stuff, you know. What luggage do you use? I use Tumi.
0: Are you a good packer?
1: I use Tumi and I use a Japanese brand called Porter. Um, and some of that, they're, they're soft bags and they're, they're like flight jackets, you know, the mm. nylon with the mm. orange inside and some of those bags I've had for 20 odd years and they're incredible.
0: That's sustainable.
1: Mm, it's amazing.
0: Would you say you're a good packer?
1: Sometimes <laughs> I, I went to Sicily to a wedding at the weekend and I took far too many clothes. I mean, cause I couldn't, I, I wasn't quite sure about the weather. I didn't know. And that was ridiculous, but, um.
0: That's so refreshing to hear because I always think men are sort of much more edited about their packing. No, I
1: was really bad on this one. Usually I am, but I was bad on this one. So, yeah.
0: Um, Do you have a favourite brand or tailor that you revert to again and again?
1: Um, I've never had a suit made. I I would probably like to do that. Um, Who do you think you'd go to? I don't know. I need to research that. I d I don't know. Because I have I have quite a long waist and short legs. Um so off the peg stuff I always have to have always have to have altered. Um I do love a Dries Van Noten suit and I've got some old Margella suits that I love. Um but I've never had a suit tailored. I would love to do that.
0: I think it must be the most incredible experience, yeah. that whole saddle yeah. row. Yeah.
1: To be done, so it may be expensively addictive, though, right?
0: I think, well, I think <laughs> the cut, if, if the cut is good, of course, what it's I mean. transformative, yeah, there,
1: there'd be no going back, transformative right yeah, to
0: yeah, your body, yeah, your yeah, shape, yeah. your and and then your posture changes, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. I think.
1: Um, I don't wear formal things very much, I'm much more, I'm much more, it's about comfort for me, you know, I'm much more. At ease in a nice wool or cashmere sweater, and i I said a bright colored shirt or you know I, it, it it is about ease, but as I've got older, I really like like a bold color or a bold pattern, you know interesting or or a bold you know a a little hint of something you know yeah
0: did you ever justify anything expensive as a pounds per wear?
1: Um, I've got a Montclair jacket. It's not the puffer jacket. It's more of a. It, it looks more like an old Prada thing. It's nylon, technical, and it's it's like a it's like a policeman's jacket with the four, you know, almost Barbara like, and it is the warmest thing. Uh, it's I, I've had it. I must have had it for God almost twenty years, and it's still my winter coat because I've never found, I'm always looking for replacement and I've never found one to replace it. So it just, it keeps coming out.
0: Do you feel like you need to replace it in this?
1: Yeah, it's just start. It's just starting to wear around the edge. but It's been the most incredible thing. And I remember thinking time t- it was quite expensive at the time and thinking, mm, it's a lot of money. Uh, hello. Good value. Really good value, yeah. yeah. On the
0: on the point of value and values, what do you? What's your approach to sustainable fashion?
1: Yeah, great, but I, it, it's it's. <laughs> does it work? Does it do the job? Does it last? Can you get the colours? Um, I mean, fashion by its nature isn't sustainable, you know, because it's it's about renewal, isn't it? You know, um, I think it's all about everyone doing their part i mean i'm as guilty as everyone about buying a 7.99 shirt from h&m but having said that that 17 7.99 shirt from h H&M, and i've had for 10 years you know i'm not one for buying something knowing i'm only going to wear it once you know when i was a teenager y- you would never buy something that you could only wear once it just would yeah. was not in your mindset but it, it's about changing mindsets really isn't
0: it yeah Absolutely. What would you say is the oldest piece in your wardrobe?
1: I still, you know, I I did a TV show last year on Channel Four, um, and I wore all my own clothes, and I I took a few in for the wardrobe to sort of look at, and and they picked some things out, and I put one of the shirts on. And I said, "Do you know how old this is?" And it, I said, "This is this is probably thirty years old. This shirt, you know." And I still wear it, you know, and, and that is, that's kind of, that, that gives me great pleasure.
0: Would you say you look after your clothes and I accessories do, I well? do look after them, yeah,
1: yeah. I do.
0: All beautifully <laughs> laid out. Oh, maybe not
1: so beautifully, but they're all kind of, they're all hanging up, they're all, uh, some of the stuff that I need to pr- pr- protect is in plastic bags with, you know, moth repellents and that kind of thing. You know, I'm quite fastidious with the moth repellents um but yeah i do i i think this is why i want to get rid of a load of stuff because the, the wardrobes are getting too packed because they're all getting squashed and i know that something needs yeah. to go yeah yeah you know. it's
0: just not kind on clothes no, and no. it is a
1: but you have an emotional attachment to them sometimes you have this gun. i've got two cashmere Mark acres jumpers that i've had that i bought in century 21 in new york in the 90s yeah and they're never going to fit me again and but they're, they're there because I, I i wore them a lot and they're amazing um but there's a few things I need to let go of.
0: Do you have any pieces in your wardrobe that have particular sentimental value attached to them?
1: I have some Hermes ties that I wore on special on formal occasions with Princess Diana. I have, I have one from the first day I met her, which I'm wearing in a picture with her that Patrick took, and I still have that, so yes, I do.
0: Would you ever frame it or do something with it to just sort of mark mark the moment.
1: No, I'd never, I don't know, if that might be a little weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mm. It's just yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Lovely. Right, let's turn to some quickfire questions. Okay. What fashion advice would you give your
1: 20-year-old self? Keep going, absolutely. You're doing the right thing.
0: Which fashion trend would you most like to see make a comeback?
1: None. I don't want to see fashion trends. I want to see people doing their own thing.
0: Views on tattoos?
1: I don't have any tattoos. Um, And I struggle to see the beauty in over tattooing.
0: High end or high street? High end. Sports luxe or rock and roll?
1: Rock and roll. Do you know what? No, I take that back. I I a mix of both. Sav- Sports and roll.
0: <laughs> Sports <laughs> yeah. and roll. Love that. Savile row or jeans?
1: It would have to be jeans.
0: But about to be Savile row.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: Cargos or chinos? Chinos. Double-breasted or single-breasted? Single. Trend or style? Style. Colour or monochrome? Colour. Pattern or plain? Bit of both. Hoarder or editor? Or hoarder. Charity shop or resale?
1: Charity shop.
0: Boxes or briefs?
1: Briefs. Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs.
0: (laughs) Budgie smugglers or board
1: shorts? Board shorts.
0: Beanie or baseball cap?
1: Definitely beanie.
0: Finally, one last question at the end of the day. What do you or don't you wear in bed?
1: I wear a pair of boxer shorts in bed just in case there's a fire.
0: (laughs) Sam, what fun to sit here with you on this particularly noisy day and have this wonderful conversation about all things style and fashion. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Great fun.